It's going to be a quarterback run up the middle. At the 10, at the 5, Murray dies for the end zone. And he's in for the touchdown. Got to launch it. He does. Left side, into the end zone, jump ball, and... Oh, my goodness, it's caught. DeAndre Hopkins caught it. He caught it for a touchdown with one second left. I can't believe it. Give Johnson up the middle. Gets leveled in the backfield by J.J. Watt. A tackle for a loss for Watt. Hello and welcome into another episode of Cardinals Corner. My name is Eric Ruby. Alongside me, as always, Cardinals reporter and guru for ArizonaSports.com, Tyler Drake. You can find him on Twitter at TDrake4Sports. And Tyler, we're planning on recording this podcast last Friday, but then Kyler Murray decided he'd like to give out a little bit of charity. Yep, yep. And uh, so, yeah, we had to move it back a couple days, but we're here. We're ready to go. We got more to talk about, so it actually, I think, worked out better. Yeah, I think it worked out better, too. And Tyler had to go and and get some video of Kyler throwing touchdowns to kids and talk to him a little bit, all of that. And we will talk about the comments that Kyler Murray made during that little press run at the end of this episode, along with the two signings that the Cardinals have made since we last posted. Of course, offensive guard Will Hernandez and linebacker Nick Vigil. We're going to have a brand new game and segment at the end of the episode. You're going to want to stick around for that one. But... Tyler and I decided that the best way to attack this episode is to do a singular focus on a story that was coming out of our own John Gambadoro about last week, about five days ago now, that the Cardinals have interest in bringing back wide receiver A.J. Green for this upcoming season. Now, I think A.J. Green might be the most divisive returning or possibly returning Cardinal that's out there right now. And Tyler and I, we have a little bit of disagreeing opinions on this. So, Tyler, I'll pose it to you first. If the Cardinals bring back A.J. Green, is that the right move? I think it is, to be honest. I think just with the fact that you've got all these other free agent options that are elsewhere now, the wide receiver pool is shrinking by the by the day, by the week, whatever you want to go by. And really, you know, as much as we look back at A.J. Green and as much as we want to say, like, he wasn't there, he wasn't doing it, he still put up really decent numbers for being a one-year rental, really. I mean, what, $6 million a year? I mean, for okay, so for the price and for the numbers of production, if you just look at it like that, then yeah. yes, A.J. Green was a deal last season. 16 games played, yep. 54 receptions, 848 yards, 15.7 yards per reception, three touchdowns. That's not terrible. But I have a counter to that, and that counter is the good old eye test. And I know I wear glasses, so maybe my eye test isn't as good as everybody else's, but to (laughs) me, almost every single game, there were plays that left you scratching your head with A.J. Green. Obviously, the big one was the not turning around at the end of Green Bay, but it just seemed like him and Kyler were not on the same page. And to me... Yes, you need to make a move to bolster your wide receiver room, and maybe the move to do that has already passed. There are a couple other names out there that are a little bit older. You maybe have a Julio Jones or Emmanuel Sanders or somebody who's looking for more money than Steve Kimes probably willing to pay, like a Jarvis Landry. These are all moves that I think would maybe be better than A.J. Green. They probably would. But A.J. Green, I guess, is the devil you know versus devil you don't, and Steve Kimes sitting here now. You lose Christian Kirk to a contract that you weren't going to match. And now you have a hole in your skill position receivers room. And I don't think A.J. Green is the perfect or, for lack of a better term, the right fit for that. You're on the right track there. I think with the fact that they need to they need to get somebody in there and they need to get somebody in there that can actually take this offense to the next level. We obviously saw last year A.J. Green had his moments. Let's not deny that. 
but he did fall off in that second half of the year when they really needed him the most. I mean, that was the biggest opportunity for AJ to really come into that number one role with DeAndre Hopkins out, and instead he kind of regressed a little bit there. And in those first eight games of the season, I think that's when he scored all of his touchdowns, right? And what, like, would you not be putting in, in putting him in a more prominent role now that Christian Kirk is gone? Like, you're, you haven't added added any prospects to this room even like Antoine Wesley you're bringing back and sure you'll involve him more but he doesn't necessarily take the pressure off of AJ Green no and it's 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 gonna have to be this because you also have to put into account that Rondell Moore's got to step up too I mean Christian Kirk's gone they're gonna have to bring in more and step on more or lean on more a lot more plus AJ Green and that's just the thing. They need that other deep threat. And we saw last year that they don't want to do that with Rondell Moore that much. So unless they completely flip the script and open up the playbook for Rondell Moore, you know, getting a guy like AJ to come back, he knows the offense. And here's the other thing, too, is as much as we want to turn about, you know, talk about the turnaround, everything like that, the eye test, if he gets another offseason with this team, how much more chemistry is he going to build with Kyler? That's that's a big one right there, too. Okay, but by that same argument, why was the first half of the season better than the second half? Because you should say, hey, he's had more time in the offense. He's had more time to, you know, settle in. He'll have more reps with DeAndre Hopkins going down. And look, the turnaround was a major football blunder. And when you have little nicknames like that, when plays have the, oh, the turnaround, yeah. you know exactly what I'm talking about. Two ta- that's, words, that's, yeah. That's either the best thing ever or the worst thing ever. Yep. And, and in this case, it's the worst thing ever. And it's a bad image that's left imprinted on your mind. And AJ Green's better than that moment. But you also need to take that and understand, hey, this is the person that you will be relying on more than you did last year. Yeah. And yes, last year, the statistical numbers were good. But I feel like I hear every single person when they talk about the eye test with AJ Green, and maybe you disagree with me. But the eye test way underperforms the stats, and to me that means something. No, I think, it, and you're right there. You, I will say that you are right there. Just because, I mean, the Green Bay game was a massive turning point just for the Cardinal season in general, and it really boils down to that last play. Who knows? He could turn around. They might not make the play. They might might not make it happen, but at least have a good chance of making the play. And that that's I think what everybody kind of goes back to is just have the opportunity to put your hands up and make the play. Don't just look at the ball going by and and look back at Kyler Murray and go, what happened? I mean, and and you're right, yeah, the optics are bad, but when you look at the production and you just need a guy that can help space the field, and that's the biggest thing with this Cardinals offense is being able to space, space the field because we've already saw it. Those first seven weeks, we saw how well this team was operating when they were spreading the ball to more than one guy. And yeah, you know, with the DeAndre Hopkins thing, I think him going down is huge too because as much as we all think, you know, AJ Green, when I think of AJ Green, I think of him with the Bengals just back when he was, you know, in his prime. And and as a guy who was a number one, you think, you know, it, it can't be that hard for you to come back to that kind of uh that caliber of player and losing the caliber of Hopkins just destroyed that offense completely. I mean, we saw it. We see the record in itself. I mean, they just went so far downhill. Uh Head coach Cliff Kingsbury talks about it. General manager Steve Kime talks about it. The owner Michael Bidwills talked about it. Just, you know, the D-hop injury was really a huge, huge, huge turning point for this team. And, and I mean, injuries. I mean, he missed, what, last five games or five of the last seven, I think? 
somewhere around there. Yeah, I mean, he lost quite a bit. Of, he missed quite a bit of games in that second half of the season. So uh, it's definitely, you know, they've got to make sure they have a contingency plan if that were to happen again. But bringing back A.J. Green, they could do a lot worse. Okay, look, I understand that you could do worse. A.J. Green is 33 right now. He will be 34 by the time the next season starts. And a lot of the free agents out there, to your credit, Tyler, they're, they're also old. Julio Jones, Emmanuel Sanders, these guys are old. A name that I'd like to bring up is maybe T.Y. Hilton. That's somebody that I would love to see in red and white. I've got, think, him, I've got him on a list on the whiteboard of interesting free agents still available. Yeah, and, and I think that out of all the receivers still available, I think he's comfortably the best. But I think, and I hope, I hope we can agree on something, Tyler, <laughs> that, that bringing in A.J. Green, if this does happen, if Steve Kime puts pen to paper, it needs to be a secondary move. It cannot be your main, hey, look what we did in the skill position move of the offseason. You need to do something else, which is draft or sign somebody else. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think we could say this with the pass rusher too. I think it's going to be a free agent plus a draft pick. I don't think it's going to be one or the other. I think for the Cardinals to, you know, check all the boxes, make sure they're doing right by their roster construction, they really need to pinpoint both the free agent, veteran free agent, what yeah, veteran free agent out here and then you go to the draft, you add a young guy and you put them against each other, see which one's going to going to make it. I mean, really, I mean, the perfect scenario right now would be to sign a guy like AJ Green, one of those vets, and then get lucky and have Chris Olave drop to you in 23. That's the situation that everybody keeps talking yeah. about. But also with this team, is is that the position that you need to spend your first round pick on? I, I think so. You think so? Even if they sign A.J. Green or even if they sign another veteran, if they sign like a T.Y. Hilton, you feel like, okay, if Olave's not there? No, then you don't. Then you, then you don't. No. Okay, so it's Olave, just Yeah, Olave's, Olave's a one, one and done guy. You, you don't, I, I think if it's... Somebody else other than Alava, you can get away with getting that edge rusher, getting getting another guy of need. Whereas if Alave's dropping a twenty three, you kind of have to throw everything else out the window and get this guy because he could change your offense for the better. I mean, you, I mean, you're learning from DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, that alone could could boost his stock. I mean, Christian Kirk is still talking about how much he's learned from Fitzgerald Hopkins. All these other guys, like just getting that little bit of taste of what it's like to be that guy will go so far for a rookie like Chris Olave. So if they could get him, if he's at 23, I I don't see them going anywhere else. And I think it's also really important to note that you can never have too many weapons on offense. Never. Never. Never, never, never. Especially in this offense. And Cliff Kingsbury's offense, they are at their best when they have six, seven guys they can just say, oh, we're going to throw it here, we're going to throw it here. Rondell Moore, uh, get James Conner involved, get whoever else is in that backfield involved get Zach Ertz involved, I mean, get Max Williams involved now, get all these guys involved, because you got to pick your poison. I mean, they are making the defense pick their poison, and more times than not, in that beginning of the season, they were missing that, po- they were they were picking the, the wrong guy and getting burned, so they've got to get back to that, and it's only going to happen when they have these type of playmakers there. You have a really interesting point there. When you bring up Max Williams, we got Max Williams and Zach Ertz, two tight ends that have re-signed with Arizona. They can both do very different things, and they can also perform similarly. One can block more, one can catch more, but they could both kind of do the opposite as well. You would expect to see a lot of offensive sets with them out there, right? Yeah. Do you feel like maybe that skill position signing that Kime is putting that feather in his hat, it is Zach Ertz? Do you think he's going to be the person that is leaned on now that, okay, Christian Kirk is out, 
Ertz is in, and now A.J. Green's our secondary move, or the draft pick's a secondary move, or both are secondary moves. He could be the guy that you know, helps take the offense to that next level. You know, we saw in 11 games last year how well he can be, how great he can be in this offense. But they, I mean, they're really going to have to change things up. They're, I mean, and with how the, with the way they've been doing things, they've been going towards maybe doing more 12 personnel, especially with these tight end signings. So it could be more of a run first team as opposed to what we saw this past season. So, you know, it could work out that way, but I think for this offense to really be at its best, they've got to get another wide receiving option. I think Zach Ertz is perfect for what they want to do, but I don't think just saying, "Hey, we're going to sign this guy and we're good with our skill position players." Like that's not the way to go. They need to get that other. They need an outside option, deep option that can really turn the tide. Because I mean, if you're going to go to a twelve personnel with with those two tight ends. You're going to have to throw some play actions and have some guy go deep every once in a while just to keep the defense honest. And, I, you know, they, they need another deep, deep threat. Hopkins is going to be there. He's going to get his doubles. He's going, to, he's, going to call, he's going to command so much of that coverage, but you need to have that other guy that can help blow the doors off. All right. Last thing before we move on from A.J. Green. I'm going to list off some names. I want you to tell me if you're going to take A.J. Green or you're going to take the name. Ooh, okay? like this. T.Y. Hilton. Injury issues, I'm going A.J. Green. Emmanuel Sanders. Ooh. It all depends on the money. I would have to say just because he knows the system, AJ Green. Deshaun Jackson. AJ Green. Julio Jones. Depends what DeAndre Hopkins wants. Ooh. Because if so Hopkins, that's, the, if, that's that's the first one that you're like, okay, no, I I, I might lean personally. Towards him. Personally, I don't know. I don't I don't think Julio would be the right fit, and I think he would command more money than all the other guys you've already named. So, I think that I, I just don't see him playing as a number two receiver. Do you? Do you think Julio Jones can play a number two receiver? But I think I, I he mean, should. The, yeah, I think he should. at this point in his career, yeah, he definitely should. But I, I you know. That that's a tough one. I think DeAndre Hopkins, if he signs off and wants Julio, and Julio wants to take a pay cut and you know not completely break the bank, because if you're breaking the bank for a number two receiver, then you're doing things wrong. Okay, so let the record show that Tyler would take AJ Green over T.Y. Hilton, Emmanuel Sanders, Deshaun Jackson, and possibly Julio Jones, depending on what DeAndre Hopkins wants. Right? Yeah, yeah, I would say I would say you know you want your stars to be happy. If you have an opportunity to go get Julio, you got to reach out to DeAndre and see if he wants him. I would go Ty and Emmanuel Sanders over AJ Green. Why? I get I look Ty Hilton. I think it's just better. I, okay. I get I get injury concerns, but there should be injury concerns with also the 34 year old skill position player that you're bringing back. True. You're not exactly putting up you know Hercules against somebody who's injury prone, right? You're putting a 34 year old AJ Green, uh, Emmanuel Sanders. I want look. I want something fresh. I want something new. And is the performance and the ability to produce probably around the same level? Yes. Emmanuel Sanders and AJ Green are probably pretty similar right now. Emmanuel Sanders is old. Yeah, he's old. I think he's thirty five. I think he'll get more money than AJ right now. That is true, and we know that from the recent signings, Steve Kime isn't really prone to be spending a lot of yeah. money right now. Even though he restructured DeAndre Hopkins' contract in order to spend more money, look, I think that you need to one shake things up from last year. And right now, there's not a lot of stuff going on that's doing that. There's just not. There's a couple outside signings, but at the end of the day, you're bringing back your core, especially on offense. James Conner, Zach Ertz. And maybe, as Gambo reports, A.J. Green. To me, 
I, I don't want the guy that didn't look like he fit in the system. I get that he knew the system, but the eye test shown that it wasn't the right system for him. Put up the numbers, that's great. I want somebody new. I want, look, is Manuel Sanders my first choice? No, but a lot of my first choices are already gone. Well, I think both of our first choice was Allen Robinson. Robinson. Yes. Easily. Yeah. And where does he go but in the NFC West? Yeah. To Stays the in the division, but. Los Angeles Rams. <laughs> okay, so that'll wrap up wide receiver talk. And, you know, nothing's officially happened yet. We haven't been told that A.J. Green has agreed to a contract. We don't know what the Cardinals are going to do with their first-round pick, if they're going to go guard, if they're going to go edge rusher, or if they're going to go wide receiver. But one thing we do know is that this entire offseason has been riddled with Kyler Murray drama, and not just Kyler Murray drama, but his agent drama. And that leads us to the very first edition of this game that we'd like to introduce called What Matters More. Hit the music. (laughs) All right, in this game, we take two things that have differing opinions or maybe insinuate different things, and we ask ourselves, hmm, what matters more? Creative name, right, Tyler? I came up with it myself. Yeah, that's really, <laughs> really, really great. So the, we have two things on the docket today for what matters more. The first one involves Kyler Murray. Now, Kyler, like we said at the beginning of the episode, had a little press tour, a little charity tour at the beginning of Friday throughout Friday afternoon. In that press tour, he said this. No, I'm, I'm, I'm an Arizona Cardinal. You know, uh, I've done nothing but, you know, give my all to to the to the Cardinals. Uh, I would continue to do that. Um yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm not really too worried about my future as a Cardinal. Not too worried about his future as a Cardinal, but as we've also seen, his agent Eric Burkhart has gone out there and basically said, Hey, Steve Kime, hey, Cardinals, you don't care. You're not trying. You are not putting money around Kyler Murray. You're not investing. You're not investing in him. You're not signing him. And look, no matter what Kyler says, there's still a little bit there that's like, are you sure? Do you mean that? Or are you just saying that to say that? So what matters more, Tyler? Kyler Murray coming out and saying, hey, I'm not worried about my future as a Cardinal or his agent going on the Twitter machine and saying, hey, man, things are not right. I mean, <laughs> when we're looking at it that way. If your agent's coming out there tweeting all that stuff, it, there's clearly a rift. Like, it's there's no way around it, right? There's There's clearly a rift there. So... I think it means a lot, the fact that Kyler did do the things, uh, you know, $10,000 to the Arizona Education Foundation, $10,000 to the Boys and Girls Club of the Valley. So really, really good causes. Really great to see him do that. And and the, the cool thing was, is that I didn't get to go to the Arizona Education Foundation, but I did get to go to the Boys and Girls Club. And he didn't just phone it in. That's that's the one thing that really stuck out to me is that he didn't just go there and, and sign a couple autographs, take a couple pictures and leave like he spent the time with the kids, uh, you know, made sure to talk to them, you know, a lot of conversation. I, I was talking with a couple of the other media members and it was just, you know, if we could put a mic on one of these kids, I bet th- that would have been the coolest conversation out of all because he was having great conversations with a lot of these kids and a lot of the kids just biggest smiles on them. And, and you could tell it meant a lot to him. And, and just to be able to see Kyler do that, I think says a lot, you know, that he's not just that football player that wants to make all that money. But also when you look at things, the fact that it, <laughs> the timing of it all, you know, it does kind of correlate with, you know, the contract extension and posturing to get that and everything like that. But at the same time, you know, I did, I, I appreciated it for myself just to be able to see the guy not just phone it in. So your official pick is, I'm putting, I'm, I, we're, we're making decisions at this game. Show. We're not sitting on the fence in this game show, okay? Agents, I mean, it, it boils, he, he even said it. 
he's letting his agent do the con. He's letting his people take care of the contract situation. So when you're letting people take care of your contract situation and you're seeing them tweet the stuff they see, that is obviously going to be the bigger thing. Yeah, two things can be true in this. And one of my favorite things to say, two things can be true in this. <laughs> the first thing is that it's a great thing what Kyler Murray did. It was. It's awesome. And you know what? It's a little bit more grown up of him to go out yeah. there and to speak for himself and to do this himself. That is great. That's a good step in the right direction for Kyler Murray and the Arizona community for the Arizona Cardinals. All of that is great. The second thing that's true is that if you don't think that this was time specifically to happen <laughs> when it happened and how it happened and the things that he said were not specifically planned mm-hmm. out by the man negotiating his contract, then I don't know what to tell you yeah. because that's 100% what had to happen yeah. here. And if I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. Fine. But it's a little fishy, the timing of it. The agent's comments, they, they mean more. Yeah, they do. Because at the end of the day, we've seen many athletes come out and say, I want to be here. My plan is to be here. I want to be here long term. And then next season, they're gone. Different sports, NFL, NBA, NH, but that happens everywhere. And that could happen here. So both of our official picks on what matters more is that Kyler Murray's agent is out here causing havoc, wreaking chaos on the Arizona Cardinals organization, more or less. I gave the long-winded answer. You gave the uh, precise answer. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do when you're hosting a game show, man. All right, all right, all right. The way we're going to end this game show, the second one, we're going to go through two signings for the Cardinals, both on one-year deals, different positions. Now, one was announced earlier today, offensive guard Will Hernandez signing a one-year deal. Guy likes to get down and dirty, likes to protect his quarterback. A lot of great stuff on ArizonaSports.com about him. And then we have linebacker Nick Vigil. This one happened a little bit ago. He's going to be kind of shoring up that defensive side of things. So, Tyler, what matters more, the signing of Will Hernandez or the signing of Nick Vigil? Will Hernandez signing, for sure, just because that is one of their huge priorities this offseason is figuring out what to do on that other uh, guard spot opposite of uh, Justin Pugh. And really, I think Hernandez is that guy. I think that is going to be your starting O-line after training camp through everything. You know, there's probably still going to be competition. Who knows where Justin Murray is going to be out or where he's going to be at. And who knows where uh, Josh Jones is going to be at, too, with, you know, his progression. But I think it's Will Hernandez's, Hernandez's spot to lose just because he's got that connection with Sean Coogler, just because, uh, you know, Sean Coogler was his head coach at UTEP. So huge, huge connection there. And really, you know, for a guy that hasn't played a down with any of these linemen, he's got some connections with most of them other than DJ Humphreys from what we heard today talking to him is, you know, he knows Rodney Hudson because they're in the same, they share the same agency. He knows Kelvin Beecham from a Nate Solder uh, camp a couple years ago. He knows, um, Justin Pugh just from their Giants days so the fact that you know this guy already is coming into a tight-knit group and knows them pretty well is huge and it's just one of those massive needs is like that I mean everyone's saying what are you gonna do Steve what are you gonna do Steve what are you gonna do Steve I mean he just filled one of the holes and who knows if it pans out but right now it looks really good and the dude like you said wants to bury people And that's what you want to see from your own line. You want a guy that's going to go in there and bully a defensive lineman. In fact, check out him saying that. Um, As far as like getting after it and being being uh, being hard and and, and tough and working hard and and playing for one another, I don't think we'll have a problem with that on my end. I'm just excited to be able to get in front of them and and protect them with my life. All right. I'm all about transparency here on Cardinals Corner. And full transparency, I was ready to to argue for Nick Vigil. I think that that position inside linebacker on the defensive line, filling in there, he's not going to take any time away from Simmons or from Collins. That's what the plan was, is to play all three of them out there together. 
he can make big plays. I thought that it was him. But then I listened. Then I listened <laughs> to Hernandez yeah. speak. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, we just played you one soundbite. We can't play you everything. But this man was talking about, like, like I'm going to die, basically, before yeah. somebody gets to the quarterback. I have like, put like, my life on the line for Kyle. Like, like something I, like that. Yeah. Crazy. That, when you say that, like, you look at his eyes, like, you know that he, he means... Business. Yeah, he's not smiling or anything. He like when we talked to him on the Zoom, like he he looked at us right dead into the camera and made sure to let us know that he has no problem putting somebody in the ground to protect his quarterback. And that's exactly what you want out of somebody in that position. I think they're both important. Yeah. Very important to both of them. I don't think either of them are like an oh my god signing. They're not like, wow, the Cardinals are saved. I think Hernandez could get there. Really? I really do. Because, you know, he spoke so highly of Sean Kugler and and just Having that kind of just drive to play for the guy and, and to play for his team already, and he's not even just signed a day. Like, I mean, that is the kind of guy you want. And and really, you know, his his pro football focus grades, which you talk to linemen, they don't really like those grades because football players hate pro football yeah, focus. They especially hate especially offensive linemen because they they don't know what the assignment is or anything like that. So they, so they're taking all these metrics in and not really taking the full game plan into account. And he struggled these last couple of years, but. The way he's talked about Sean Coogler, the way he's just, you know, you could tell he is ready to go full bore against the wall. We'll do whatever you ask him. And you know what really stood out to me is the fact that our buddy Ron Wolfley has to come out and he was thrilled. And to have a guy like that, he is ready to see this team be a run first offense. And Will Hernandez fills that mold more than you guys think. Wolf would have eight tight ends on the field at once. Oh, he he, he he loves it right now. And and I agree with them. I mean, you you want to be physical, you get a guy like Will Hernandez. I mean, just the way he talks, you can tell this guy just wants to be physical. That's part of his nature. I'll tell you what, keeping the transparency alive, I was coming in here prepared to debate against you and to argue against you, but you're just so smart that you actually convinced me, and I'm now I'm on your side. I, I, I was going to say Nick Vigil, but now I, I've got to go with, with Will Hernandez. How could you not after what Tyler just told you? How could you not go with that man? Well, and, and here's the thing, too. Just just to be devil's advocate, I'll say it. Uh, Vigil, you know, I think it would be solid. I think he's going to be a decent depth piece. Obviously, we know that Steve Kime wants to get Zayvon Collins in that starting Mike backer spot. You don't cut Jordan Hicks if that's not what you want to do. But to bring in a guy like Nick Vigilant, I mean, you don't want to get in the same situation you were last offseason where you put Zaven as the starter and had another guy come and take his spot. So that's kind of my only situation with that. I think the Will Hernandez is a home run, to be honest. That's fair. And that's the end of the first edition of What Matters More. Let us know if you liked it. Let us know what you want us to debate matters more because this is something that we're going to be bringing up often as different moves come in different news happens we're going to be taking that down take two different things and just simply tell you what matters more and unfortunately i can simply tell you right now that that's going to do it for our third official episode of cardinals corner for tyler drake our arizona sports reporter on the cardinals you can follow him on twitter at t drake for sports you can follow the show on twitter at az cards corner give us a five-star review on spotify apple music download all of that fun stuff you can follow me at eric ruby 987 follow him 
Mm, or don't. It's okay. Just listen to the podcast. Let <laughs> us know what you think. Maybe tweet at us. All that fun stuff. Go ahead and do that. Again, five-star review. I'll say it again and again. Subscribe. Five-star review, please and thank you. And hopefully by the time we come back, we'll have some other things to talk about what matters more. Maybe some Kyler Murray news and maybe some uh, AJ Green news. We'll talk about if what we discussed actually came to light. But until then, for Tyler Drake, I'm Eric Ruby on Cards Corner and Arizona Sports Podcast. We'll see you guys next time.